we're just three years in our football program, but I want to tell you ahead of time, we're scheduling tough teams as we do in basketball, baseball, wrestling, because we plan, it's our plan to have our athletic program comparable to USC, to Notre Dame, to Alabama, to anybody in time. I don't know about you, but this is episode 22. Today we're going to break down Liberty's sweep over North Florida this past weekend, as well as some other A-Sun drama and everything else happening in Liberty sports. SparkPod starts now. This is SparkPod. So Liberty got its first ever sweep over North Florida this past weekend, or season sweep, I suppose. Both games in the Liberty Arena, both games were fairly, uh, fairly big victories for Liberty. Game one was seventy-two sixty-five, or no, seventy-two sixty-one, and Liberty won pretty handily. Both games actually got up. Liberty got off to a fast start. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from Game One, Cade? Um, we definitely came out. We controlled the ball game. We start. We started so hot, and North Florida was never really able to come back from that. They definitely chipped away towards the end, but it just took so long and was so quiet that I think we won that first game by eleven points. So, um, which I mean, we were up by twenty something at one point. So they definitely came back, but you know, Liberty held them off and got a good win. Yeah, and it was great. We didn't have the Friday slump that we've been having all season. I don't know if last week helped or if they just didn't have it this week, but that was very nice to come out shooting on fire, which is a big contrast from the other games. Game two, both teams actually started hot. It was a close game. Both teams were just on fire. And then Liberty went on a major run to end the first and start the second, had a Darius McGee, Drain three. He was on fire. He scored like 19 in the first half, and uh, Liberty pulled away one by 20. What what takeaways from that game do you have? That game was kind of like the opposite of the game one. Both teams started out really well, and so Liberty wasn't necessarily ahead by a lot, and it was back and forth. But then we pulled away at the end, one by 20. Um, so that's really impressive, especially going into the final stretch of conference play. Yeah, it was, an, it was a nice sweep. Um, North Florida played really hard, especially game one. They had a guy named Carter Hendrickson score um, maybe like 27. He scored a lot. I don't know how much he scored, but he played really well. Liberty did a better job of locking him down in game two. So basketball, still a second in the A-Sun as Bellarmine leads. They didn't lose any of their games this past weekend. Bellarmine actually plays UNF on the road this weekend, so if they drop one of those, that could be good for Liberty. And Cade, you actually brought this up earlier today. Apparently the seeding is based on winning percentage. So um, I guess what, what, are, what are some of the implications of that? Yeah, it's definitely interesting because Bellarmine has played more games and Liberty's not going to make up 
uh, two of their games that they missed. So Liberty can't afford to lose the same amount of games as Bellarmine because they're going to have two more wins than us, um, like hypothetically in that scenario. And so really the ideal situation for Liberty is to, I mean, obviously if they win out, take care of business, that's great. Um, but hopefully we can get a sweep this weekend, and then Bellarmine, hopefully North Florida can beat them in at least one of those games, split the series. And then if they do that, Liberty would only have to split the series to beat them because they would have another loss in a split series in two weeks. So kind of interesting, but obviously if Liberty just wins out, they'll take care of business, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and Liberty's got North Alabama on the road this weekend, so definitely, as you said, take care of business. <clears throat> I guess I could have put this in shout-outs, but this is also newsworthy in my opinion. Elijah Cuffey passes Mayo Baxter-Bell on the all-time scorers list, and he moves up to 31st, so that's that's pretty neat. I'm curious to see how high he'll climb before the end of the season, and even if he comes back a fifth season, he could continue to climb with all the COVID stuff since they get to come back. Liberty's rankings this weekend, they stayed the same in the net rankings, stayed at 92nd. With the sweep over North Florida, they jumped up 10 spots in the Ken Palm up to 100. Jumped up 4 spots in the BPI to 84th, and we stay at 8th in the mid-major poll. And Andy Katz, Joe Lunardi have Liberty as a 14 seed. Do you think that'll change much? I think if we win out, then we'll definitely be a 13. I think potentially a 12, but it'll just kind of be interesting to see how the rest of the series goes. But I think if you win the last four conference games and then obviously win the entire tournament, um, I think, is that eight games or seven games in a row? Um, yeah. I guess it'd be seven games in a row. I think you would see us jump up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if we'll... I think, like you said, if we went out, we'll jump up a little bit too. I know the some of the predictions I've seen have us against Virginia or Tennessee, and I think Virginia would be a good game, a good matchup. I think I like Liberty in that one. But Tennessee, I don't know about that. They're kind of streaky, but if they get going, <laughs> wouldn't be good for Liberty. Women's basketball swept Bellarmine this past weekend on the road. They moved to second in the A-Sun because UNF did not play, so uh, still both teams still have two losses, but the whole winning percentage stuff, Liberty Women's is ahead of UNF now. Game one, Bella Smuda led the team in scoring with 17 or 15, and then Emily Lytle scored 17 in game two, so great for them. Volleyball also swept the series this weekend. They got their first win. They played UNA on the road, so they haven't won a home game, volleyball hasn't, but they do play this weekend against Kennesaw State at home. So there's no hockey games in the near future. Um, they play the 26th and 27th at home against Ohio, but I guess, I don't know if they had games scheduled this weekend, it got canceled. Um, and then moving on to football, C.J. Yarbrough has opted out of spring practice, and his status is unclear. Have you heard anything else about that, Cade? Yeah, I saw something on Facebook. Uh, well, I didn't see it, but I read about it because I don't have Facebook. That he posted something like, let me clear this up now. I'm a part of ROTC, which is confusing. Oh. I, guess, I mean, not really. I guess if he's just saying I'm part of ROTC and not doing football. Or, so that would be interesting. But it appears he's not playing anymore on the team, but – which is weird because Coach Freeze in the past had talked about how he thought he had the potential to really be a star. And so that's 
disappointing, but obviously, like, he's got to make the best decision for him. Yeah, that'll be an interesting. I, ho- I hope he changes his mind and comes back. Um, according to Asiya Red, it says his status is unclear, but some of that certainly sounds uh, not, not the best. ESPN has Liberty at number 24 in their way too early top 25. I don't know if that's changed from what they've had in the past. I know it's been the back end, but that's still pretty cool for a football team. Yeah, and they had the transfer running back uh, from Utah as like the top 25 players to watch. They had him at number 24. Thought that he would be very explosive. Talk about how fast he was. Oh, really? Um, and apparently he ran track in high school. And apparently he's just very fast, which is Another awesome. fast running back. That's great. Yeah. Hit the gap, take off down the field. For all you baseball fans, baseball starts this weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's a three-game series against Campbell on the road. And, I mean, I've never been big into baseball. But looking at some, looking at the Liberty schedule, I, I might go to quite a few baseball games. There's some pretty big teams, pretty big schools coming to Lynchburg this year. I don't I mean, this is only our second year being here at Liberty, and last year the baseball season really got cut short. So I don't know if this is the norm, but UNC, Duke, Wake Forest, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Coastal Carolina are all making trips to Lynchburg to play baseball games. So I'll try to. I know I definitely know UNC is pretty good, and I think Coastal usually has a good baseball team. They won the national championship not too long ago. Yeah, like twenty fifteen or fourteen. Yeah, so those would be pretty cool. Um, I don't think we'll be able to pack the baseball stadium but maybe we'll line the fence outside and watch from out there or something i'll have to make my way to some baseball games this year the daytona 500 happened this weekend william byron at liberty driver got involved in an early crash finished 26 i was very sad but he'll probably do better on the daytona road course this weekend moving on to shout outs um cade would you like to start us off yeah i'm actually going to shout out um, Elijah Cuffey, he had a monster block um, in the series against North Florida, so that was pretty awesome. That was amazing. Um, I'll shout out Drake Dobbs, got his first career start, and um, he played pretty well. He only had five points, but he, or actually he might have had more than that because he had five in the first half and scored a few more in the second half. But he made some he made some plays I haven't really seen him make before. He had a really nice fake on the drive, and picked his defender out, had an open layup, and he took a three with a, a dude's hand in his face. He never takes those shots, and he drilled it. So um, I thought he played well. That might have been part of the reason that Liberty got off to a faster start. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah, I think, too, uh, shout-out to Kyle Road. I feel like he's really come along in the middle, I guess towards the end of the season, and, and really in his role. I feel like he's just a leader on the floor, and facilitates similar to the point guard. But, uh, I mean, it really was a huge part of us picking apart North Florida's 1-3-1 zone because he would just uh, sit in the that so- the sweet spot and would really dish the ball back out to the guards. And I think that Liberty's playing their ba- best basketball right now, and a mm-hmm. lot of that is because of Kyle Road and how he's adding just more dimensions to the offense. Yeah, he, he brought a ton of energy this weekend. Also, it's same. he's on here every week. Darius McGee had another buzzer beater at the half. It's the third weekend in a row because he had the one against Jacksonville, then against Bible College last week, and then this one. He scored 22 in game two, and this is the most scored in Liberty Arena by a men's player, which it's 
still the first season. Um, Ashton Baker scored 27, so that's the most by a Liberty player. And then there was the Kennesaw State guy who scored like up in the 30s. So, um, but still set record for Darius. I also want to mention it was really we we got into the games this weekend. That was that was good, and I thought it was really different perspective, really enjoyable. It was a, even with the lesser crowd, it was a great environment to just be in and be able to see Liberty play up close and personal. What do you think about watching it in person as opposed to on on TV this weekend? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Uh, first men's home game that we'd gotten to go to. And that facility is just so nice. And once we can fill it up in the future, it's just going to be really first class. Um, just the way that the lights and like the the really the pregame stuff is done, and the sound quality is so much better than Vines. And then when they dim the lights and but it's bright on the court and you can see better, it's just really really nice. Hopefully, we can get it full or mostly full for the Missouri game next year, mm-hmm. or coming up later this year, I guess, in December. That'll be really exciting. If not, we'll have to wait in line like all day. (laughs) So actually found there's quite a few interesting things going around the internet this week. Um, I got the first two, and then Kate has a really interesting nugget at the end. A Sea of Red said Liberty's NCAA D1 sports are 65-19 and during this 2020-2021 season. That's amazing. Do you think there's any other teams that might have a better record or any other schools, I guess? There might be, but I honestly, I don't know. I guess maybe like Alabama, but I don't know how their women's team, because I think that includes women's teams and soccer, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's pretty incredible. Um, John Feinstein on Twitter says the NIT is happening, 16 teams, which is down from 32. They're all playing in New York, and he said, quote, they won't guarantee a spot to conference champions who don't win conference tournaments, which I don't. The only way this would apply to Liberty, well, I guess this could still apply to Liberty or like would matter to Liberty if we lost to someone in the tournament not named Bellarmine and not in the championship game. But if it's a championship between Liberty and Bellarmine, then they can't go. They actually can't go to the NIT. You brought that up um, earlier this week. I didn't know that either. But that's that's a pretty interesting. They're playing in New York. Um that's like a, they used to play there back in the 70s when they started the tournament. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, especially because there's 16 teams this year in the NIT. And it'd be, I'd be curious to see if, if Liberty loses in the conference championship, if they get an invite. I hope they would, um, but it's really hard to say. And, and they're not playing the CBI tournament either. Uh, or is oh, it yeah. CIB? I don't know um, what it's called, but I, I did see yeah, that too. Which is kind of like the next level. Um, and I don't think there's like another one called the CIT that they're not playing either. So, really, if we don't make the NCAA tournament, then we potentially aren't playing any postseason basketball, which would be disappointing. So, really important that we get that automatic bid. Yeah. And I, another thing about um, NIT and everything, Liberty still might make it because somebody. I don't know if this was the same thread or if it was somebody commenting, but they said that some of the Power Five schools that are that get invited might not accept just because, I mean, they're really not that good. That's what the NIT, especially for Power Five teams, they're like for the fifth or sixth or seventh place teams in some of those conferences. So those those schools might just 
declined the invite. Yeah, and kind of something interesting um, to change the subject. We were listening earlier to uh, a Bellarmine kind of sports talk show with Coach Scott Davenport, and he was on there, and they were talking about scheduling difficulties. And apparently, so the the arena that they are playing in, it appears now for the foreseeable future is called Freedom Hall. It's off campus in Louisville. They used to play in Knights Hall, but it's too small for their for them moving to D one. And so they're playing in Freedom Hall right now. But apparently on that Friday, the twenty sixth, when they're supposed to play Liberty, there is a conference or I mean not a conference, a concert that could cause issues. So they're confident they're playing on Saturday, but they don't know if they're gonna play on Thursday and Saturday or Sunday and Saturday. So it's something to look out for. It's kinda of interesting that might just be a little change to the games and we'll see how that affects Liberty. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They might do the Saturday, Sunday, because I know they've been trying hard to stick to the back-to-back. There's just all that schedule drama, and mm-hmm. we'll get to some more schedule drama as we move into the Fan the Flames segment. So this is the segment where we got a Fan the Flames – we agree, we like something, or we douse the flames if we don't like it. So, fan the flames for Drake Dobbs' first start and his reason for the first start. I'm going to fan the flames. I thought Drake Dobbs played great. Uh, I still think Chris Parker is the better player, and a lot of that has to do from experience. And, and Drake very well could be better by the end of his career. But right now, with Chris Parker being a grad transfer and Drake being a freshman, I think Chris is just better because he's played more basketball. But that being said, Drake did awesome, really provided a spark for us on the Friday night game, and I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again because I think Chris Parker played really well off the bench too, and if that's a way to kind of keep you fresh and maybe start Drake on Fridays and Chris on Saturdays, I don't know, but I thought it worked really well for us. Yeah, I'll also fan the Flames. When we were talking about it initially, I didn't know if they were – switching if McKay was switching it up to try to get a spark and it did seem like there was that kind of extra mojo coming in for starting in the game but I thought we actually found out after the game they asked coach McKay why Drake over Chris and McKay said Chris was late so Drake got the start so I don't know if that means Chris was late to a practice this week or was late to the game but I found that was an interesting reason but it I mean it worked out fine he played really well to start the game and uh, it was pretty cool. I actually saw Drake this week at Sheets, and um, we, fun fact, we went to the same school for, like, kindergarten and first grade, and I guess he still remembers me, so that was that was kind of cool. Moving on, Fan the Flames on the first season sweep over UNF since Liberty has joined the ASUN. Uh, definitely Fan the Flames. That's pretty awesome that, and for the most part, Liberty has dominated the conference competition. Um, obviously UNF is one of historically the one of the top programs in the ASUN and so for us especially in what is supposed to be really a, a well I guess when you look at like the status of programs like the best programs they don't reload they rebuild or they don't rebuild they reload and like you know Lipscomb I mean UNF lost a lot last year Liberty lost a lot and but Liberty is in such a better place as a program that we're reloading and able to compete for a conference championship 
in a quote-unquote down year, and UNF is having to really rebuild. Yeah, it's uh, also fan the flames. It's really interesting, I was going to say, because UNF seemed like they were on a bit of a hot streak in conference play, and then they got shut down with COVID, um, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, because that's when we were initially supposed to play them. So maybe they had some... Maybe they had some fatigue with that. Maybe that's why they didn't play as well. Uh, but I thought they were going to be a bigger competition this weekend. But still great. I think there's only one or two teams that Liberty has never swept before. Maybe I feel like Stetson and Lipscomb. Do you know if that's right? I think that is right. I think it is Stetson and Lipscomb that we haven't swept. Yeah, so hopefully can get those sweeps soon too. I also forgot to put this on the Fan of Flame sheet, but... Fan the Flames, Douse the Flames, all of the conference games, they're going to be played in Jacksonville and North Florida at their two respective gyms. I'm going to douse the Flames, and I think it is inconvenient um, and could really help North Florida uh, in this tournament because even with a North Florida team that has, in a way, struggled, they... The, their philosophy on offense, just the way they shoot the ball, especially the three-point ball, um, they really can beat anybody in this league if they're having a hot night. And so it's interesting the way the bracket is set up is the two-seed, seven-seed game is at UNF, and then the winner of that game plays the winner of the three-seed and the six-seed at UNF. And then the championship game is at UNF's arena. So hypothetically, if UNF, which is the current sixth seed, were to fall to the seventh seed and then they kept winning, they would play every game at home as the seventh seed in the conference tournament. So it's weird. I don't really like it. I understand why they did it because you have four schools in the conference that are from Florida, two of those schools in the same town with two arenas that you can play in. I do appreciate how more of the games are scheduled to be in North Florida's arena because it is bigger, but it's definitely unfortunate, especially for Liberty and Bellarmine, who's going to be the one and two seed, most likely that they have to play basically away games for a great conference play. Yeah, I will also douse the Flames. I'm just really disappointed that they're not using like a larger arena or anything there. And I'm especially disappointed that they're using Jacksonville's arena. <laughs> I hope they at least have a different, like, better broadcast coverage or something there. <laughs> just because <clears throat> that was not fun. You don't like historic Swisher Gymnasium? <laughs> it's not the gymnasium that I... Well, it's not that I dislike their gymnasium. I don't feel like that's a good site for a tournament or specifically, like, semifinal. I guess they won't be having a championship there, but those kind of caliber games, um, especially when you're... I don't know how many fans will be traveling and how many fans they're going to allow, but whenever you're trying to bring in more people from around the area. And then, I mean, I guess North Florida, I don't, we haven't played there. We didn't play away this year against North Florida, so I don't, I don't really remember what their arena was like. I think it is a lot better, but it still, is. I just, I don't yeah. know. Jacksonville's arena can seat 1,500. But then I don't know what the exact COVID restrictions will be, but a lot of places are at 25%. So let's say it's 25%. That's only 375 people. So that's 
kind of disappointing. And I believe North Florida seats 5,300. So let's do that at 25%, and that's 1,325. So not a lot of people. Also, I mean, also, you know, sometimes these A-Sun games don't really get a lot of fans until the championship. But still, you know, unfortunate um, to be playing in a smaller venue. And, you know, I would, it'd be interesting. We, you know, can talk about the, the current seating and everything. So I think that this will change. But kind of as the current seating stands, um, I mean, I expect quite a bit of change. But, you know, the one seed is Bellarmine. And that would, they would have them playing the winner of the eight and nine seed game, which is played before all the others. And then yeah, right Kennesaw. now, yeah, Kennesaw <laughs> yeah. and Jacksonville. Um and then, which is unfortunate because Jacksonville, basically, it's a home game yeah. versus Kennesaw. And then Liberty at the two seed playing seven seed Stetson right now. Three seed Lipscomb playing six seed UNF. And then four seed FGCU playing five seed UNA. So it's definitely interesting. I expect Liberty to finish as the one seed. Bellarmine is the two. I think FGCU will stay at the four seed. I think Jacksonville and Kennesaw will both stay at eight and nine. And Lipscomb most likely stays at three. I think that UNF very potentially can drop to seven, which is interesting. Um, I mean, especially if they get swept by Bellarmine. Yeah. And then I think that Stetson will move up. And I'm not really sure. UNA, well, UNA will probably drop too. So it'll be interesting. Kind of that five through seven spot. You could see a lot of change. The top two seeds will probably, I hope, will switch. And then the bottom eight and nine will stay. And I think FGCU will stay at four. And Lipscomb stays at three. Yeah, and it is all interesting, too. You mentioned it's all about winning percentage. FGCU, I know they've had a lot of games canceled, and so, but they still are going to be a higher seed. The four, We're looking at four seed right now. Um, also looking at the... Bracket right now, the first round game, which is just the 8 and 9 seed, is on Wednesday, March 3rd. The quarterfinals are Thursday, semifinals are Friday, and then the final game is Sunday at UNF on ESPN. And I hope that they at least put some, like, A-Sun logo on center court, because that would be really weird if it's, like, two random teams that don't, it's, like, not even, there's not a home team playing at this one school. But, and this is also just a really random side note. I'm on the ASUN website, and it's cool because they've already put the new team's logos on there. Mm-hmm. And they're really looking forward to next season. But speaking of the ASUN and just the entire body, the commissioner has been very active on Twitter. So I guess we'll go with Fan the Flames on ASUN rescheduling the Liberty Bellarmine game and then... Um, I guess, give your answer, and then we'll walk through some of the statements that were made throughout the these past couple of days. I am going to probably surprise some people. I'm going to fan the flames. I know it's been a hot topic. A lot of people are upset. But Divine's Connection made a very good point on Twitter about how us playing away at Bellarmine gives us a chance for some quad three wins, which otherwise at home would have been quad four if we win. And I think that for Liberty, it could, in a way, be a blessing in disguise because we're about to go play an entire conference tournament in Florida. 
away. So we're going to finish out regular season away, be used to that. And hopefully that will toughen us up. And I think, you know, our guys should expect to win. I think they do in the current culture of the program, no matter who they play, where they play. And so I'm really excited to see the end of this. Um, the last four weeks are going to be crazy, and especially the last two weeks of conference play. I think I'm very split on this. I think I'll lean on the Dallas the Flames side just for the sake of disagreement. Um, I know there's a lot of things that, like logistically, we don't really get, but some of the ways that the ASAN commissioner answered some of the questions just seems <clears throat> just seem to be. Oh, they just didn't do a good job of answering. Um, one of the things is he said that Bellarmine would have, if they played away at Liberty, they would have ended the season with three home series and five away series. And initially they had four home and four away, but then they changed the schedule, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, and then another reason he said was to balance the number of home games and because of competitive and financial issues. But John Manson on Twitter said, well, you just switched Liberty's home and away with UNA and Bellarmine, so that doesn't make sense because you're not really balancing. And then he also said for the competitive financial issue, he was like, please explain, because as a Liberty fan, it looks like A-Sun wanted to put Liberty on the road against Bellarmine. But um, first of all, I do appreciate the A-Sun commissioner going out and being willing to try to answer these questions because it's very difficult to indicate tone and explain a lot of things when you have limited characters and it's typing um and then i also he he's he set up a zoom meeting for thursday at 12 at noon i think and if you want to be a part of that zoom meeting you just send him a message on twitter and he'll send you an email so although cade's emailed him a couple times i don't know if cade wants to be a part of that zoom meeting well i don't have twitter if i had twitter i would get on there but it's kind of interesting i a long time ago if you remember i was trying to email them get an interview talk about conference realignment and they stopped applying to my emails <laughs> and the conference announced realignment so <laughs> i i was there first and they tried to shut me out well they did shut me out but i'm not down for the count you will rue the day <laughs> so okay here's the bellerman schedule uh, where they kind of messed things up bellerman was supposed to end the season um they were supposed to play, or they did play Jacksonville last weekend at home. Or actually, was that last week or was that this past weekend? No, they played UNA this They past played UNA. Week. Okay, so initially Bellarmine was supposed to play North Florida away on Valentine's weekend, which was this past weekend. And then they were supposed to play UNA this upcoming weekend, the 19th and 20th, and they were, then they were supposed to end the, se the season at Liberty. But whenever they switched the games up, because of the North Florida COVID issues, Liberty ended up playing North Florida. Um, they, instead of making Bellarmine play North Alabama as originally scheduled at home, they made them play UNA on the road. And then they also still have to play UNF on the road. So that's where the stuff, that's where all this mixture comes in because they were supposed to play UNA at home and then they didn't. And then they were supposed to play Liberty on the road, but now they're not going to. So that's what I don't really understand. But I also guess I do get that there's a lot of other logistics. Maybe they had, they had women's games, or maybe they had, they had more concerts, because apparently they have 
concerts during COVID at Freedom Hall, which does sound like a lot of fun. You want to go to a concert between the Liberty Bellarmine games? No. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I'll douse, I still douse the flames on the schedule change. Some of the commissioner stuff was kind of confusing, but I am very appreciative of his willingness to communicate with fans and um, even through their displeasures and try to explain everything going on. Uh, you got anything else, Cade? Um, no, it's just interesting because we're actually playing one less home series than we are away series. So, and a lot of that is because uh, FGCU canceled. So, it's unfortunate, but I am thankful that they're trying to talk about it. And and I think regardless, look, I mean, this Liberty team in this program has high expectations where we expect to win the conference every year. And at the end of the day, that's just what we got to go do. Yeah. I'll also pose this question real quick before we wrap up. Liberty didn't play FGCU, obviously. Would you want to play them in conference with it being an or in the conference tournament with being a new team, or do you think being a new team that might be a disadvantage playing them playing FGCU? Um, it's an interesting question. There are teams that I would rather play than FGCU, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I I, I guess in the sense of, like, is it advantage or disadvantage, I think that we would have an advantage playing them. Okay. because Just because it's a new team. Obviously, it's a new team for them, but I think the more you play the pack line, the better you are against it. And obviously, they've played it the past two seasons, but having not played it in the regular season, I think that would be an advantage for us. Yeah, that's a very interesting situation because usually in conference play, everybody plays everybody at least once. But very well have teams play each other that didn't face off in the regular conference season. Well, I think that's all we have for today. Make sure you go follow SparkPod on Instagram, SparkPod underscore 1971. Um, keep an eye out just for more posts and everything, stuff like that. Make sure you go to the games this weekend, Liberty Place, North Alabama at 6 and 7 on Friday, Saturday. Although usually they change the Saturday games to 5. I don't know why. That's kind of annoying too. But um, I don't know if you'll have to wait in line. The Lancaster Bible College, there was a super long line for that game. But the UNF games, um, there were still lines for it. But then people that came later within the hour of before the game starting still got in so they didn't have to wait in the line. That might have been weather related. Or maybe not, but nevertheless, North Alabama this weekend, Liberty's last home games before the end of the season, so that's kind of sad. It's been a short season for us, but um, yeah, thank you all for listening, and spark that out. Join the Spark Pod, a better way to hear about your favorite team.